Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 72, the Director's Cut episode of the Game Groups Podcast, the all-encompassing weekly gaming podcast from us, the Good Night Groups. My name is Matt, and today I'm joined by Paul and Mike. Josh, it's his turn now to feel under the weather, so <laughs> hopefully he'll be back next week, but it's just the three of us this week. But guys, let's get right into things. Instead of asking you guys what your peak of the week has been this time, I want to ask everyone what their peak of the week has been. That's P-I-Q-U-E. So, Mike, what's the most interesting thing you encountered this week? Oh, boy. Uh, the most interesting th thing that I encountered this week was a news article uh, talking about um, how the creator of the Oculus VR headset created an Oculus <laughs> VR headset that can kill you. Yeah, he made the Matrix, what? essentially. Yes. He also works... So apparently he also works in like um, military grade explosive stuff. And this is like the original inventor of Oculus, like not not meta or any of that kind of stuff. Right? Correct. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And he took three charges that three explosive charges and <laughs> attached them to the uh, forehead area of an <laughs> Oculus. And, you know, he said that he said it so that it could trigger to a certain wavelength of red light so if you were to die in a game a right. uh, developer could easily set it so that it would go off on a game over screen if it was bright red and uh it would um remove the brain i think is how he put it so this person's <laughs> mad right like this is yeah <laughs> this is absolute mad science mad science street yeah i would say this is an unnecessary addition to vr <laughs> you don't say that you know i think ps6 uh when they do the dual sense for mm. ps6 they should add this feature the haptics no. are so strong they can blow your head off Jesus. <laughs> just pops a gun out and shoots you when you die in call of duty great <laughs> yeah that's so interesting. I almost feel like you mentioned like defense stuff. That almost makes me think of there was an old Star Trek where like they had like this like uh, they didn't want to destroy all the architecture in like a big war, uh, and so they'd like they'd like are like they'd say they bombed an area of the city, and then everyone in that area had to like go into like a suicide booth and die to like make it so there was like some kind of so they wouldn't like fuck the city up by bombing it. Oh wow! Um, and it was like so it makes me think of that almost as like it's like a, a thing where you could do like drone warfare where like there's like robots and people are r driving drones, but it's like to make it fair. If your if your drone gets blown up, you also die. So like it's right, on both sides, yeah, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> there needs to be stakes, right? Right. That was his point. He was like, video games need more immersion. There's <laughs> yeah, there's only I'm... so much graphics you could do, but and haptic feedback. You need like people would people would play video games differently if you know the stakes yeah. were were different. Yeah, yeah they yeah, would. No shit. Yeah. I wouldn't play video games. <laughs> How? Oh. And he has, and he has stuff. Um, he talked about adding things that would not allow you to take it off. No, this is <laughs> so. He wants to build a VR headset that can kill you uh, at any time uh, that the developer decides specifically, uh, yeah, and I'm that you can't take off. This is this person should probably be investigated. Um, I think there are definitely people in this person's basement somewhere that have these on, and uh, if you hear any loud rumblings. Yeah, sorry, I'm not trusting Bethesda to trigger that uh, on, my, on my VR headset. It's okay. Microsoft has no, uh, they're not into VR. They refuse. 
Paul, what was the most interesting thing you encountered this week? I mean, when you mentioned um, VR and article, that was really bringing me along to some of the most interesting things uh, for me this week, which has been the the downfall of the billionaires. Uh, I've been really enjoying uh, watching that happen this week. Uh, I, I'm not embarrassed to say I've been really a, enjoying. What is this? Well, I've been enjoying watching Elon Musk's uh, Twitter acquisition go terribly, uh, which has oh, been pretty fun. I thought this was fun. a TV show. No, 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 no. I'm talking oh. about real. No, luckily, it's real life, which is pretty great. Um, so, yeah, Elon Musk's uh, Twitter acquisition. <laughs> luckily, is, this is real human suffering. <laughs> yeah, which is, of course, the human suffering is bad, but I'm excited to watch the human suffering of uh, the, the monster class. But, yeah, I'm really, really enjoying uh, Elon's uh, Twitter takeover uh, just because it's, it's a train wreck, uh, especially like today when they rolled out great two different kinds of gray check marks and a blue check mark um they mm-hmm. didn't they didn't say the right things and then um a couple people including marquez brownlee the the uh so, the social media content creator guy uh tweeted elon like this isn't working and then elon replied okay you're right i scrapped it <laughs> never mind forget it <laughs> Just after yep. like an hour of it being up there you go and uh it's going real well going real well and also when elon uh sold $4 billion in Tesla stock today to cover some of the losses from Twitter. Um, yep. And then he's going to have to cover, which he did recently with another company to cover the losses of Tesla. It's yep. it's all circling the drain and it's pretty exciting. That's what he does with all of his companies. Like Tesla was mm-hmm. not making money. So he was selling stock from his solar, yeah, from solar yeah. city. Like Tesla's doing bad ah, layoffs at solar city. That makes no sense, Elon, no, but okay. No. Cannibalize so your businesses. And then today I woke up, well, yesterday I, I watched a great, or I watched, but I read a great article about how meta is like the bet on the bet on the metaverse was wrong. Zuck failed. This was yep. stupid and they're losing billions of dollars in their earnings. And then this is sad, of course, but 11,000 people were laid off of Facebook today. Holy um, shit. 13%. 13 percent of their workforce um, that's only 13 percent. i know i know when you it's so interesting <laughs> when you look at twitter when you consider like you know when you think about twitter being some people say like oh twitter is kind of a niche social media site and then you look at like something like meta which is obviously a parent company but you know when eleven thousand people is 13 percent of the workforce and twitter laid off half their workforce and that and and that was only 7500 total for their whole company oh wow and then they laid off like 37 something. So it's kind of crazy when you consider the differences in size. Um, but yeah, obviously it's sad. It's a bummer to see like 11,000 people get fired, but like hopefully they're on to bigger and better things. And also they got like a great amount of, um, I will say like not necessarily like props to Zuck, but they're getting like four months of pay plus like six months of uh, like health benefits still and stuff to like help them transition, which is cool. But um, anyway, the point is, Metaverse was a bad bet and Apple uh, stopping Facebook's tracking uh, made them kind of kind of implode. Um, so, yeah, kind of it's been interesting to watch. Uh, obviously, like these people are going to be just fine uh, and not really have any major comeuppance. But it is nice to see a little bit of public implosion from the, uh, the billionaires. So it's kind of crazy how all of our peaks are running together, like in a weird like <laughs> oh, from, from Mike's VR thing to your billionaires thing to now mine, which is a documentary that my wife and I watched this week. We love documentaries on Netflix and other streaming services. We watched one called Running with the Devil. Ooh. It's about John McAfee. Oh, oh wow. That guy is certified absolutely the craziest motherfucker Nuts. in the world. <laughs> and it's about his time as a fugitive. And so it's super interesting. So it was filmed by these two former Vice documentarians. They had a ton of footage Vice decided not to run it. Like yeah. they risked shit for this and Vice decided not to run it. And so these guys just like left with the footage and decided they're like, we're going to make our own movie with the footage that we got. And then the other one of the two 
actually went on to continue to get more footage. Just insane shit. Just wild story. He was like in the jungle with like weird yeah. like child brides or something strange. I, I don't know if it was something like, but it was like that. It was <laughs> very strange. Something like that. Yeah. But yeah, he was like in the jungle of um, shoot. I don't remember where off the top of my head. He like took over a village or something. <laughs> they didn't get. I don't know if that's again. Happened, I don't but. know. I'm just I, I yeah, you watch it. I've been meaning to watch it, but I, I know it gets really weird. <laughs> yeah. And then like at a certain point, he's basically living on a boat. So he can, you know, get going if he needs to. I don't know if he's like in international waters. I think he was at one point like in, I want to say the Bahamas maybe. And it was set up so they had like a a gate on their dock. And so they wouldn't leave, but then no one could come in. And it was, it was very strange. Anyway, good documentary, uh, Running with the Devil. I recommend it. All right, let's move on to Show Me Your Trends. And show me your trends. I give our panelists the beginning of a Google search phrase, and they have to tell me how the top result ends by picking from three options. One is right, two are wrong. Searches are made in incognito mode. Like almost a little bit reversed there. A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. To get the purest answers possible. We're going to play three <laughs> quick rounds. All right, round one. Are Canadians blank? Are Canadians polite? Are Canadians afraid of the dark <laughs> or are Canadians American? Hmm. So that's a meme, right? I think, right? Are Canadians afraid of the dark? I feel oh, like I've is heard it? of that yes. before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's a meme. Yeah. I feel like I remember hearing about that. Um, I mean, I'm not overly fond of it. <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> um, hmm. I'm going with afraid of the dark because it's a meme. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm going to go polite because I think that's also, I mean, not a, it's like a proto meme from from the, the decades before. All right. The answer is, are Canadians American? <laughs> They're not. I, maybe they <laughs> mean not. like, maybe they mean like Americanized. Like, is it like if I go to Canada, will it feel like America or something? Oh. Which is like, I mean, yeah, like talking to people more or less. Sure. Sure. Sure, Round buddy. Two. What do you do with blank? What do you do with a drunken sailor? What do you do with old gas? Or what do you do with dragon fruit? Eat it? Uh, no. Sh- shove it up your butt? I don't know oh, what the... Dragon fruit is pretty bland. Oh. You could maybe shave with it. Dragon fruit? Yeah, it's kind of sharp. <laughs> it would need to be more than kind of sharp. <laughs> <laughs> then sharpen it. Okay. <laughs> Jackass. Let, let me get my whetstone out for my dragon <laughs> yeah. fruit. That actually sounds really cool. <laughs> it sounded like you just said some Game of Thrones shit. Yeah. I think at the center of a dragon fruit actually is a whetstone. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Uh, and from that, you pull out. Never mind. Uh, the point is, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the answer was here. I, I The answer whiz. <laughs> Listen it. Uh, I forget everything but dragon fruit, so I'm saying dragon fruit. Okay. Mike, what are we saying? I don't think it's old gas. Well, it could be that's old a, gas. That's a good, because people are like, where do I take my hazardous materials? I'm going with old gas. All right. The answer is, what would you do with, or sorry, what do you do with a drunken sailor? Uh, you know what it is? It's because all the sea shanties from uh, earlier this year. That's still kicking around. What do you mean? Was that a thing? Matt. 
Are you kidding me? Did you miss sea, sa- sea shanty TikTok and the sea shanty yeah, craze? I missed it. Wow. Oh my God. The Wellerman song. Oh yep. man. The Wellerman. Yep. <laughs> I missed it. All right. Final round. How to fix blank. How to fix posture. How to fix a leaky faucet or how to fix a zipper. How to fix a zipper. How many YKK good zippers do you feel like you own on your clothing? I mean, obviously, you don't. Like, Is I guess this a zipper brand. Yeah, it's like the main one. It's like the good one. You don't investigate your zipper brands. Matt? Probably not many because all of my zippers suck. I swear, every single zipper mine, I own. Mine is, is a YKK. Yep, I I thought it might be. Um, yeah, honestly, I I feel like dip, I'm trying to get a gauge of like how many good zippers are out there because there are bad zippers, and then I would want to know how to fix it. Um, but I think there's too many good zippers. Um, what was so is zippers? It's uh. Posture and posture. leaky faucet. Uh, I'm definitely going with uh, posture. I think there's still some work from home kicking around here. All right. The answer is how to fix a zipper. Nice. A zipper. We got one. Someone got one. Thankfully. I did. I did it. <laughs> you did it. You won. All right. Let's move on to the big question. Recently, we've seen a number of games being released as quote-unquote director's cuts primarily coming on PlayStation platforms. For example, Death Stranding and Ghost of Tsushima both re-released as director's cuts over the last two calendar years with upgrades for PlayStation 5. However, we've also seen director's cuts or extended versions come in the form of Final Fantasy games, Metal Gear games, and Pokemon games, among other franchises. Different from remasters and remakes, director's cuts or extended versions almost always include brand new content or content that was originally left underdeveloped and on the cutting room floor. So here's the question, guys. Paul, we're going to go to you first on this. What do we think about this trend of director's cuts in games? We've had this sort of thing in movies forever. uh, I mean, since they have released like home video. Um, but what do we think about it in games? Is it just another way to capitalize on the current remaster and remake trend, or is it the superior way to go about re-releasing older games? Paul? Uh, I, I was hoping you'd go to Mike. I, it's not like I don't have an answer. It's just a, it's a negative answer. Uh, I think they're bullshit. I mean, like, it's fine. You can release whatever you want. Um, and obviously, like, a better version, a more complete version is good. So I guess maybe, maybe I'll backtrack immediately on bullshit but i just like don't think it's i don't think they're noteworthy i guess i guess i just think that it's it's kind of reminds me of like a game of the year edition or something or like an edition that has like more expansion content like i think about stuff like that that maybe is like sometimes categorized in a director's cut again it's kind of a new phrase but i feel like it's kind of a spin on that like that way of doing things but yeah i guess if you're speaking directly to this whole director's cut thing where the story almost like takes a slightly different turn or it's like it's more the original vision of how like the narrative was going to go. I don't know. I'm never a crazy, I guess I like having different options, so it's better to have it that way. But again, it, I don't know. It's just another product, I suppose. I, I definitely don't think of it in the same way I consider like remasters and remakes because I feel like director's cut games should, or so far have come out like pretty soon after the original game. Um, just when they had a little bit more time to polish up some content that they initially really wanted to have in there, but they couldn't because of time constraint or things like that. Um, so I definitely don't think it falls into that same category of like, there's so many remakes and so many remasters. I think that has to happen though. I don't think you can release a director's cut of a game 
a decade later just because no, I you're agree. not going to have the same development team on it. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying it doesn't hit me in that same way where you're getting fatigue. Like, I feel like I, I am getting remake and remaster fatigue, like right. make a new game. Uh, the director's cut doesn't give me that because it's not like they put a lot of resources into a director's cut right. the same way where they're having to like put a whole team on to remaster a game and they like really hype it up. Like that's the only thing they're releasing that year is a remaster of like a game from 10 years ago. Um, and that's not throwing any specific shade at anyone. I'm just saying that is generally a trend that's happening a lot right now. So yeah, with the director's cut thing, it's more like it's a couple years later and they're like, hey, we also have other good games on the horizon, but we're re-releasing this one that's like a little bit better with more features. Sure, why not? Like, especially I think when there's a couple years of lag between them, I think that's even better because, it, you know, people who wanted it real bad already got it. And people who haven't yet, now they can maybe get in and get like a slightly more complete version or people who really loved it can get more content. If there's like an upgrade option or something like that, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, th- I think there's, I, I, I switched gears totally um, <laughs> through talking because I kind of was conflating it with like the remaster remake trend. But honestly, right. like I think there's like a requisite amount of time. I think they're fine. I'm not psyched ever by a director's cut. It doesn't like sell me or get me excited. Um, and I do think it's a little pretentious. Because we are seeing like these kind of like, you know, auteur kind of people like, uh, you know, like uh, Kojima uh, kind of pushing it um, from stuff that has like incomprehensible wild story like um, Death Stranding. So I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's necessary, but I certainly don't find it offensive. That's that's where I've decided I lie. I think we still have yet to see where it's going to go, because right now it's sort of it's happening in this weird time where I just saw someone on Reddit earlier this morning in a comment thread about how we're like nearing two years into the cycle mm-hmm. of this. Actually, we are we're at, at two years. We're at two years, we're at two years into this. And, and someone's and, and this person was like, it doesn't even feel like it started yet. And we're two years into this uh, console generation. And I think that's part of why we got these when we did. It's, it's sort of bridging that gap into the next generation. But I do think it's going to be interesting to see where things go. Like, what can you do with a director's cut when it's released on Xbox Series X or PS5 and then it their director's cut is releasing on the same platform? Well, that's that's what I was going to say, too, as I think there's something to be considered for like when we see a director's cut on Xbox or on PC, like like something that's not these kind of auteur um, narrative driven Sony games then I think I'll start taking it more seriously as right. like a trend. Um, but so far it feels like something that like, again, kind of feels like a not, not necessarily, I don't want to like paint with a broad brush, but say a little bit pretentious, a little bit like um, capitalizing on that idea of like a director's cut in a film and the true right. vision. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to see like, if we get something like a, Forza Horizon 5 director's cut or something. I'll be like, oh, okay, this is really weird. Or even like a, right. you know, Skyrim director's cut. I don't know. I'm waiting to see like a, someone who's not a first party Sony studio or a second party Sony studio do it to, to take it more seriously. Well, that's why for death stranding specifically, that's why it's so silly to call it a director's cut because Kojima had had Full total control, control over mm-hmm. the original cut. So it's not like he couldn't have done this from the start if that's what he wanted to do. I, I think it's, it's really in that case, it's a marketing term to say it's it's a re-release on the next generation like Ghost of Tsushima was with expansion content essentially upgraded graphics that sort of thing it's a marketing term in that sense whereas Ghost of Tsushima maybe it's more director's cut because maybe Sony came in and and said okay cut these parts of the game or, or whatever for Sucker Punch but who knows but Mike let's go to you next what are your thoughts 
on the whole director's cut trend. I mean, I'm I'm disappointed in you, Paul, because I also <laughs> think it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> I hate it. I think it's stupid. I think it. I think the issue that I have with it is ninety percent pedantics, ten percent. I just don't like it. It's not a director's cut. It's never a director's cut. Like, let, firstly, it's not a fucking film. You're not sitting there and you're like, ah, we're cutting all this content. You're telling me that Koj- Kojima is like, I'm sorry, guys, we got to cut racing from my Death Stranding game. <laughs> right. It's like, no, you came up with that later and you're like, ah, I really wish that would be cool if I added that. How do I add it? And his marketing team was like, we can call it a director's cut. No, you didn't have that on your editing floor. You didn't cut that from final release. Right. Same with Ghost of Tsushima. I don't. I cannot sit here and believe that they had the whole Iki Island expansion. That they're like, nah, fuck that, cut it. Like I can understand some of the other things, like especially with the PS5 stuff. You know that didn't exist. Maybe they wanted it to at the time with like better lip sync animations i know that they improved lip sync animations for uh some of the japanese in it like stuff like that i could i can believe but this whole like oh we cut all this content to get this game out it feels shitty it feels like oh why'd you cut it out so you could sell it later that that's shitty thanks that's a good point it's because like in a movie you know, it's like they could be honest to goodness, amazing content, but to make it fit within like an hour and a half, right. three hour parameter, there has to be cuts. You're not going to make a six hour movie. It's just how it's the, the, the genre yeah. works, the medium works. Yeah. But in games, it can go anywhere from like five hours to 100 hours. No one's telling you there's a certain limit on what you're doing in the game. Yeah. It sort of feels like a different way to repackage DLC where the, maybe, yes. the, maybe the DLC couldn't be its own full DLC. So instead of doing that, we'll call it a director's cut and we'll also go back and fix other things from the game that we would have wanted to do to begin with. Sure. I I can, I can believe that I would much prefer them to just fix those bugs and release cheap DLC. That feels better. I don't like it. I just don't like it. In the case of these games though, they couldn't have done some of this stuff because like visually on a PS4, you're upgrading to PS5. So like, they, yeah, those are and, and dual sense features and stuff like that. Like these are things that they had to actually go back and they couldn't have done it the first time. But I feel like maybe there's like a certain amount of money you spend to upgrade a PS5 and there's like a certain amount of money you pay for yeah. like just that DLC and then being but instead of being like pay the entire thing again because well, like well, for Ghost of Tsushima at least I don't know about Death Stranding. I assume it was the same, but there it was a ten dollar upgrade to get it. So it it, That's it, it did work that way. That's good. Yeah, but it. Still, it's still a stupid. I, I hate it. I, st- I still hate it because it 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 is purely done for marketing. Is purely to market the right. the experience as something that is better because you hear director's cut and you're like, ah, we get the director's vision. It's like, no, we're just adding content and making an expansion for the game, but we can't do a standalone DLC because that people don't like the sound of standalone DLC anymore. So let's make it sound fancier. Like right. that—that's all it is. Call it enhanced edition. Call it game of the year edition. Call it like that. That I don't know why we've gone away from game of the year editions. Yeah. Like, well, that also was a misnomer, though. Like, it's like director's well, it was. cut. It wasn't the game of the. I guess maybe like the thing about game of the year edition is what what that tells when I hear that. What that means to me is that it's it's just everything packaged into one thing. Like it's any yeah. it's any DLC. Mm-hmm. It's any patches. It's it's, it's the best. It's whatever. 
just all put into one package, but it's not necessarily like new. It's not new content. It's sure. it's just everything that we've sure. had all rolled into one. I think enhanced edition or something to that level. It might be the right terminology to use. Something like that, though. But I agree. Well, Director's definitive cut. edition is is one that they use yep. for a little while. That's I fine. was gonna say definitive edition also works for me. Or complete edition, although that does make me feel like it's everything combined and not something new. But I think, yeah, Director's Cut and Game of the Year both also were kind of misnomers that like led you to think it was something that it wasn't really. Um, I think it should just be more sure. like this is the enhanced version with everything. I don't know, but there's definitely work to be done on the name. I, I just I just don't like it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I just don't. It's annoying. When I was putting this question together, I thought about how that Dead Space remake that's coming up, that's actually almost more of a Director's Cut. That's like... Th- an example of a decade later director's cut because they are adding cut content into that version of the game. So, but it's not the same team. So yeah, it's, I, that's I don't, a, yeah, it's not a director's cut, but it feels like it. It feels like it kind of, but like also I don't know what the hell that dead space remake is at this Can point. Can anyone <laughs> think of like a, like a legitimate director's cut where like a game didn't come out the way that a developer wanted it to. And then they later were able to come out with like a, a version that would closer fit their storyline or something. Or, or I'm trying to think of like something like that happened. The, the current, the current state of uh, no man's sky. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's actually a super good example that like current no man's sky. If you took the beginning and the end and, did, and ignored the entire middle bit almost feels like a director's cut. Yeah. The thing about games is that they all have, cut content like all games have content that gets cut from them but it's cut for a reason it's cut exactly it's Mm -hmm. cut for a reason like shadow of colossus had a bunch of cut colossi but they weren't in the game for a reason yeah it's not cut because oh we need to save space or or sometimes it's probably to save developer time but like a big part of it but like it's not like like i said Iki island like they weren't like ah we have this island here scrap it we're not doing it. It's like, eh, it might have been in like an early storyboard, but like they didn't do any work on it until they were like, we're going to make an expansion for this game. Yeah. It could be one of those things where it's right where you start to like decide there's an end to a project, especially right. when it's so open. So it's like maybe that was initially they have all these maps drawn up. Iki Island was there. They like framed out some of the very basic concepts and they're like, we just do not. That's never going to read that date if we get to this island that we keep forgetting about. Right. Exactly. You know, I really do think that definitive edition is probably the way to go, especially because the the term director's cut, which comes from film, which is that's why this is a Sony thing. It's a marketing term because yeah. they have cinematic yeah. styles of games. Uh-huh. But in movies, director's cut doesn't mean that the film visually looks better. But right. if, 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 that, if that's what we're doing in games, then that's sort of what, you know, definitive edition fits that. So I understand why Sony's doing it, because that's just because it's it's such a sony thing to do yeah it's 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 how they want to treat their games as like these cinematic experiences more than just i just think it sounds silly attached to a video game that's all but i get it i do get it i get why they're using Mm -hmm. it i just wish they wouldn't but it's marketing (laughs) nonsense yeah exactly i do think it it does need to bring something new to the table if i'm seeing a director's cut otherwise what's the point it can't just be graphics because then it's a remaster it can't just be a few mechanical quality of life changes because then that's a remake. It actually needs to change things, add significant content to the end of the game or post game. I think that's sort of how I view this. Yeah. 
How would you describe, like, would you say, so like, just, just as a kind of a semantic question, you're talking about like upgrading the graphics and things being like a remaster. Would you say something like, you know, the Witcher three getting updated for Xbox series X and PS five, would you call that a remaster? Like if you, would you categorize that that way? See, we're in this weird place. We are because the generations are blurring. (laughs) I think it's, I mean, it's, it's just, it's a PS five upgrade as a PS five patch. I don't. It's more like, than just visual. Of. From what we understand, we don't know everything about this, but apparently they're going back and they're, they are actually doing quality of life stuff and they mm-hmm. are fixing the game a little bit. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to call it. I assume they're just it's just going to be The Witcher 3 for PS5. But what do you think? Like I guess no, right? Like like if, if but like if they go like Skyrim is getting updated for it's already been updated for Xbox 1. Okay, sure. But now it's been upgraded for like Xbox Series X and it's like is that a remaster? Was the other one a remaster? But this one's like an update. Like what? It, that's such a. Well, funny, I mean, yeah, I mean, tough. Skyrim has gone through several iterations. No, of course. This is, this, of is course. this form. This is this form. And it's but when like, do you okay. call them a remaster? When do you call them like a, a like a graphic patch or like a quality of life? It's it's interesting. We're, we're, those terms are getting so blurred, I think. They, they are. really are. Yeah, because th- these games are lasting so long. Their lifespan is so long. I think yeah. that's that's why it's difficult. And, and like you said, Paul, technology is improving with these new console generations, but it's doing so differently. It's not that big visual upgrade. It's doing it sort of laterally in different ways with the controllers or, or with how we interact with the games. So it's not, it's going to come in a different form with these director's cuts, these remasters, these remakes. We're going to learn a lot over the next five years over where games are going, but they're going to have to nail down some of these terms and figure out where we're going because movies have, they've had it figured out for a hundred years now, but games they're taking baby steps right now. Even like within the same generation, we have multiple steps now within console gaming. And so it's really just making it like they're, they, they, they could have like a PS4 pro enhanced or like right, an right, Xbox yeah. one X enhanced version. And then now there's like the, so like within 10 years, there could have been like three versions of the same game. Uh, everyone does get like a graphical enhancement based on the technology, which is again, when PC maybe more normal because you could just slide things around, but on console, yeah, it's getting wild. It'll be interesting to watch. All right, let's move on to rank them up and rank them up. I give the panelists multiple sets of three different games and they have to work together to rank them in the correct order based on the criteria that I provide. However, this week, We're doing this as sort of a reverse segment for the first time. So Mike is going to conduct the mini game while Paul and I play together. So Mike, have at it. Oh boy. So you're going to hate this, Matt. Oh no. All right. Um, so there's themes to each of these. Just get the Sonic one out of the way. <laughs> this week we've had a few games come out that are uh, pretty important. I think you know them. So the themes are based on those. So first, uh, first theme is uh, platformer games. Okay. Mm-hmm. Rank these based on top Metacritic meta score from lowest to highest. We have Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. Ooh, okay. That's high. You'll also notice that these are definitive editions. Yes. Oh. Nice. Jack and Daxter, the Precursor Legacy. Mm. And Sonic Mania Plus. 
I thought wow. Jack and Daxter, the precursor legacy was just the name of the game. It's not like it a is. definitive. Okay. I was just double checking. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I wait, did I find the, a third? <laughs> did I have the good, did I have the good edition? <laughs> so my initial reaction is Jack and Daxter, Bowser's Fury, Sonic Mania, but the, the, the uh, last two may be switchable. Pretty sure Bowser's Fury was like freakishly high. It was really high for, I hit, in my head, for some reason, I have the number 89, but I, I feel like it was in the 90s. It's in the 90s, I think. Mike's face, Mike gives away a lot more with his face than you do, Matt. <laughs> if for those of the in the audience listening in right now, Mike is well, making some wild camera. faces. I'm, wild not, faces. I'm not at all married to my order. If you want to go... I really feel like Jack must be lowest, because I just... Yes. It, it, I, I Like, no shade to Josh on this. I like He's not going to be listening, but um, I don't... <laughs> I don't, uh, I like, I like Jack and Dexter a lot when I was a kid and it's still great, but yeah, it's just nowhere near the polish of those other two games. I also feel like it was, is Mike, is this the release for PS4? Like that version? No. This is just the original game? I'll tell you that this is the PS2 release. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. And I I mean, game scores have gotten more inflated. So I really think it's like Mania. I didn't really even know there was a Mania Plus. Am I I didn't either. There's a definitive edition. I guess that came uh, out with they like, had the Sonic DLC re-release. for it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was a release for Switch. Yeah. Is that the one with like the Michael Jackson soundtrack or something like that? No, that's the original like um, the original. Sonic games when they came out with that oh, recently okay. when yeah, they yeah. re-released uh, the Sonic bundle with all the old games. God, this is so tough. Let's 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 do that. Let's go Jack Sonic <laughs> and uh, Bowser's Fury. I, and I honestly feel like Mike is going to be like, you guys fucked up because Sonic's obviously the top game. But like, I just think Bowser's Fury was freaky high because I remember being like, 3D World was fine. Why is Bowser's Fury getting like the best scores ever? I really want Bowser's Fury, by the way. It's been on my list forever. It looks awesome. The original 3D World on Wii U was a fucking blast. Really great game. All right, let's go with that. Yeah, let's go with that. All right. All right. All right. So from lowest to highest, first, we have Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury. Whoa. Matt? It was an 89. Whoa. Ah, I look at scores all the time. That's why I knew that. Um, Bowser's Fury, the Bowser Fury edition was lower than the original release. Um, then we have Jack and Daxter, the precursor legacy at 90. And we have Sonic Mania Plus at 91. Wow. Bowser's Fury was lower than the original release. I didn't know yeah. that. Mm hmm. I was surprised by it because I was just like looking at latest Mario releases. I was like, wait a minute. Why yeah, is this lower? People love that. <laughs> I think Super Mario 3D World was like a 92. Yeah, wow. It was yeah. not really a 92. It was fun, though. Um, I I got to say, um, I really like that Mike uh, got back at Matt here with making all the scores one point off from each other. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah no, that, was, that was good. It's funny because... In we had a segment scheduled, but because Josh isn't on this episode, uh, we're, we're we just decided to do this weird reverse segment. But one of the segments I had, one of the scores was for Sonic Mania, so I'm gonna have to go in and probably change that one now. <laughs> I can't believe Jack and Daxter got a 90. Also, I'm realizing I could have cheated. It's yeah. it's not Sonic Mania Plus, but I've got it. It wouldn't have helped anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, moving on. Um, this next segment is um, PlayStation exclusives. All right. Rank these based on initial release date from oldest to most recent. We have 
Uncharted, Drake's Fortune, Shadow of the Colossus, and God of War, the OG. Okay, well, sh- Drake is last. It's Shadow of the Colossus, God of War, Drake. Uh, Shadow yeah. of the Colossus is 2008? What the fuck Six? are you talking about? What are you talking about? I thought you were so confident, but then, dude, Drake's Fortune <laughs> came out like in 2007, maybe? Drake's Fortune. Drake, Shadow of the Colossus was at least 2004, Fortune, if not I'm earlier. Drake's Fortune, I'm pretty sure, is 2009. Nope. Is it, it was a PS3 really? like launch game. Is, it was, was like it a launch game? Six or seven? Maybe not launch, but it was like seven. It was it was seven is the number that's like right in my head. Um, I gotta say, I, as I've talked about before, I lied about playing having played Shadow of the Colossus in 2004 in grade school. So at least 2004, <laughs> that game had come out. You know what? 2004 actually does sound right now. That and you say God it. of War. Why was I inflating these years so? God much? of War is tough. I do believe the original God of War was on PS. It was on PS2. Yep. Yeah. Um, huh. Shadow of the Colossus is the oldest one here. I'm I don't know if that's sure. true, dude. God of War is an old franchise. I remember watching it on like X Play in like a similar time, like 2004, 2003, five, somewhere in there. Okay. Those okay. Two are interchangeable I, to me. Okay. I can, I could live with, here's the thing. I think they might both be 2003. I think they're like right in the same, like they're going to be beside each other. And then Drake is easily last. I can go with that though. I can go with God of War, Shadow of the Colossus. And then yeah, Uncharted is, is definitely last, but that's tough, man. That's tough. I don't know. Let's go with that. I think you might be right, but I also just feel like God of War is like secretly really old. So I'm saying God of War, Shadow, Drake. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So from oldest to most recent, we have God of War, the OG, March 22nd, 2005. Whoa. Oh, we were off on yours here. Okay. Jesus. Shadow of the Colossus, October 18th, 2005. Okay. Wait, how? what was the difference between those dates? Uh, Seven months. Okay. Okay. Uh, Uncharted, Drake's Fortune, November nineteenth, two thousand seven. Yeah, I was right about. I was right about two thousand seven. I knew it. Yeah, it was, I remember. Yeah, wow. I remember right before I got my three sixty, and I was, I was like, ooh, Drake's Fortune. Now, I, now I wish I got a PS three. And nine years later, we had Uncharted four. They got, they got those out pretty quickly. Well, it's back when games used to come out yeah. quickly. Yeah, sure. Next, I'm not going to tell you the theme on this one. Okay. Until after we get them. Okay. Get them complete. All right. So rank these based on top Metacritic user score from lowest to highest user scores. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. We have Little Big Planet, Street Fighter V, the arcade edition. Wow. <laughs> and Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> okay so i think all of these got review bombed yeah same these are review bombed games for sure i don't know if this is the little big planet that had major online issues or if it was well, a little different... big planet came out ps3 that was a long time ago they like recently had to shut down some version of little big planet that was the newer one i think Little Big Planet was was shut down for a very long time because there was a security issue that they couldn't that they couldn't fix, and they're like, "We just have to. We can't. This can never go back online." It's the Dark Souls problem. So, okay, little bit the original Little Big Planet. I just feel like people maybe got buttered about aspects of it, the creative aspect of it. I don't know. What were the other two games? 
Street Fighter Five Arcade Edition, and Last of Us Part Two. So I mean, Street Fighter Five got pretty like there. I think I believe the Street Fighter community was like, "This is garbage," and they've walked back all the good Street Fighter aspects. My my gut says the order from lowest to highest is Street Fighter, Little Big Planet, Last of Us Part Two. I'm I'm into that. I just like that sounds right to me. I don't think Last of Us got Last of Us got bombed for sure, but I think also it's it's not as low as we think it is. Like it's not as low as we would yeah. think it is. I think despite all odds too, like it because you had it was a tug of war. It wasn't like yeah. everyone piling on one direction. I agree. So let's go with that. All right. So in the lowest, we have Last of Us Part Two. Oh my ah, god, damn! With a five point seven. That's not that's not as bad as I thought. Yeah, these are higher than I thought then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were working from the idea that these were like twos. Yeah. No, they are not twos. Uh then Street Fighter 5 Arcade Edition 6.5. I I had to change it to Arcade Edition because Street Fighter 5 original release had like a 3. Oh, yeah, I not. knew I was pretty Oof. sure it got <laughs> hard bombed. I didn't know if the Arcade Edition would be different, yeah. Yeah, and Little Big Planet 6.8. And the theme was PlayStation exclusives that had high Metacritic critic scores ah, and low user scores. That's funny. Street Fighter V Arcade Edition was PlayStation exclusive? Yes. Weird. Weird. Yep. And it got an 87. Wow. Mm, yeah. Little Big Planet got a 95 and Last of Us well, Part yeah. 2 got a 93. All right. That one was fun. Yeah, yeah I like that. I like that. But uh, I don't like theme. girl have muscle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. And last, uh, usually we do another release date, but I decided to change it up. Uh, rank these based on box sales Ooh. from lowest to highest. Okay. And for today, because it is, well, it was supposed to be for yesterday. But today, let's pretend today was yesterday and it's a special day. Everything will be sales for the Sega Genesis. Of course. Sonic Tuesday. Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and Sonic the Hedgehog 3, Sonic and Knuckles. Uh, Okay, so Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is number one. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is the highest uh, by far. What are the three games again? Hold on. Sonic 1, Sonic 2, and Sonic 3, and Knuckles. Okay, I have no concept so um, sonic 2 was like this massive insane event that they engineered to be they, they called it sonic tuesday when it was announced <laughs> they had like everyone was there they had a fucking parade like sonic 2 they they the genesis bet everything on sonic 2 and it okay. sold in like gangbusters i just can't imagine it wasn't number one okay uh not to say that three wasn't the like the definitive and love but here's game, but. okay but here's my only hang up with that hypothesis uh-huh. how many times has the original sonic been sold on various platforms i think it's only on original, sega genesis we're counting oh, the original okay, genesis okay, sales. Okay. yes yep to, to get rid of any type yeah. of like okay okay yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> remasters and yeah knowledge of the sonic <laughs> yeah exactly <re-releases>. yeah <laughs> we want i wanted to make it as simple as possible <laughs> uh i think it's i think it's from lowest to highest uh one three two although one was out for a long time like longer time and did well well not really in the grand scheme do you think any of these crossed a million uh yes uh, sonic no a million is a lot Probably not, actually. I don't know. I thought I have this like feeling that Sonic 2 might have crossed a million, but nothing else. I think the first two probably probably did. I think three probably was higher than one. 
because one was when one was when sonic was a big deal and he was a cool mascot and it was a system seller to a degree right what else did they have on the console sure and it was a big deal to like make virtua fighter yeah definitely that's true uh (laughs) and the good mortal Kombat. (laughs) (laughs) the good mortal Kombat was good but yeah no sonic was a big deal for sure and a system seller but yeah they didn't put all the marketing behind it properly until two and then i think three was still riding high like that was right before they fucked everything up with like the saturn and the 32x and and so i think like they were still they still had a lot of cachet then and i think they probably still has had some of that sonic 2 love so i think it's one three two you think one oh oh from one lowest, lowest. Uh, okay one okay yeah i i disagree but i'll defer to you you feel like it's what three two one or sorry three one three one two yeah yeah. i think it's one three i'll defer to you thank you all right so with the lowest box sales at four million okay yeah i thought so (laughs) (laughs) you guys are like do you think they've capped i don't know i felt like probably (laughs) but like they were so big but i i I, matt sounds so sure when he says these things i'm like yeah maybe you're right i i could i i felt like it could have been a metroid situation where like those games haven't actually sold well even though they're super popular but like it's it's the opposite where sonic's not super popular anymore but in its heyday it sold that's true it was all insane it wasn't wasn't even about it being a good game it was about it being marketed perfectly (laughs) so all right lowest at four million is sonic the hedgehog three fuck sonic and knuckles you're right matt in the second slot at 7.55 million shocking sonic the hedgehog two whoa motherfucker what and the winner sonic the hedgehog the og himself 15 million sorry matt wow i led you really astray it's because it was bundled with the genesis Oh, you son of a bitch. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Everyone who got Genesis got Sonic. Sonic that was one, a big deal so. that they did that because no one was yep. doing I, I'm basing everything based on my memories of reading the console wars book. And I forgot <laughs> that was a part of it was that it was a you yep. know, big seller. Best selling games were. Uh, but Sonic. two did sell like crazy. Wow. Almost eight million. Sonic yeah, two wow. was the second best selling game on the platform. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Where are sales here? Units sold 30.75 million. I didn't think it sold that many. That's a lot of units. The Genesis was huge. It does what Nintendo don't. It was a legitimate console until they fucked it all up. Mm-hmm. And as the uh, Majesco, it sold 1.5. And as the Tech Toy, it sold 3 million. So <laughs> I loved my Sega Majesco. Listen, Sega could have Sega done something and they fucked it all up. So close. So close. I wish we were in that alternative timeline. Me too. Lots of chili dogs. Ed, ed, edgier. Everything's a lot edgier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the water cooler. We're going to take a quick break around the water cooler to discuss the games that we've been playing this week. Mike, by the way, good job on that game. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, it's fun playing with Matt. Yeah, it was good. It was good. We'll have to do that again sometime. Yeah. It was fun putting it together. Yeah. Mike, we're going to actually go to you first on the water cooler because Paul and I played the same thing this week, so I'm sure we'll talk about it together a little bit. Uh, I played more than just one game. Okay. Man. Well, that's okay. That's fair. You can do that. You can talk about I more than one two. game. I played two. Oh. <laughs> but Mike, let's go to you first. What did you play? Did you get more gold camos in Call of Duty? Uh, yeah. I almost have a platinum, so it, yes. <laughs> um, I don't want to talk about Call of Duty. It's a bad oh. game. Moving on. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> I mean... It's not a good game. 
Um, I've also I also finished the Battle Pass in Overwatch. I was gonna say so game. now let's talk about Overwatch, right? That's a good game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Um, I don't want to talk about any of those games, but I did wow. play Overwatch, Call of Duty. I played some Moonbreaker. Uh, they keep updating, keep balancing. It's really cool to watch a game that is in early access that actually has like I don't know. It's it's a weirder experience. Like I've done early access games before and they've never been as transparent as moonbreaker has been they're very nimble yes and they're very fast about it like super quick but it's interesting too because it's a company that has been successful now doing early access so they do they have the resources to do early access properly right it's it's really cool it's really nice to feel like you're on like let's be let's all be honest moonbreaker isn't breaking any records as of right now hopefully that changes but as of right now it's not so like being in their discord and literally just talking to the devs in their discord because you can it it makes you feel like this is less of a developer siloed project and more like a community driven one and that's really cool so i've been having a lot of fun with it there's a tournament coming up this saturday that unfortunately i can't be a part of because i have a prior engagement and i didn't realize it until i went and registered and then had to unregister so sad day um but they'll do another one uh next month so i'll probably be doing that you don't want me to just play on your account for you while you were gone i mean you could (laughs) you wouldn't do very well i can tell you the developers would be like mike this isn't you (laughs) yeah (laughs) you don't play like this i mean i literally went back and watched uh the vod of the person casting my games just to see what his commentary was and how cool how i was doing cool so and he he commented on some areas where i misplayed i'm just like i mean you're right but i still (laughs) won (laughs) um so yeah but what I really want to talk about, which I've been playing all day today, oh. is Sonic Frontiers. Oh, yeah. No way. Right. Have you actually? <laughs> fucking yes. forgot about that. I have oh, been playing. Cool. How have you forgotten about it? It was the theme I of my know, mini game. I know. Because <laughs> it was it, Sonic Tuesday. It's Matt. so fleeting from my mind, is Sonic. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, I've been playing it all day. And I got to say, it's really fucking good. It's legitimately good matt i know you're sitting there and you're Sing like oh, but you're if Sonic. i walked into your office right now and held a gun to your head <laughs> you would still say the same thing you wouldn't yes. ever let me have the satisfaction of you thinking that sonic frontier no i think mike good. i think mike would admit mike's very open to admit things that aren't i good. will admit that sonic frontiers is not a 90 oh it might be an 80 okay I think it's probably more like an 80 to 85 range. Okay. I don't think it's lower than an 80. I think people who are uh, saying that it's less than an 80 are people who just don't like Sonic. But I will say this about the game so far. It is probably the most accessible Sonic game I've ever played. And I mean that from the game loads in. And when you make an account, they ask what difficulty you want to play on. I did not choose hard. I chose normal um, because I didn't know what I was getting into. (laughs) And the next question it asks you is, do you want high speed or platforming? Oh, yeah. And you go into the accessibility and there are Matt is currently purchasing and there are sliders. No, no, there are sliders for how fast Sonic goes. 
his acceleration, his top speed, his uh, boosted speed, it. his lightning speed. You can adjust all of them up or down depending on it, how you want to control Sonic. There's no way they do regular platforming well. It has to be fast. It has to no, be fast. No, not but, based on this no. game. No, like no, no, no. Design, no. So, so there, are, there are parts of the game that are puzzly. Think, think like your simplest Breath of the Wild puzzles. Right. So simple. <laughs> but, you know, they're whatever. Um, then there are the speed sections where there's like a rail that you have to grind and then you have to jump between bouncers and then you land on a platform and then there's a platforming section where the game will will tell you if you want to change the direct trajectory of your jump double jump and like it it's tight platforming like it works it's pretty good it's not like it's not gonna be like your your very specific platforming because right, right, it's not right. that but like it's a pretty good 3d platformer and the camera doesn't fuck your vision up like holy shit <laughs> they have fixed camera in areas and it tells you when it's fixed camera and the camera i never was like i can't see where i'm going it it points you exactly where you're supposed to be going at all times and i'm just like wow this is really helpful i love that it's so transparent about some of the changes to make it actually playable like sonic can be a yeah. nightmare to play from mm -hmm. section to section. So it's like, this is going to be the platforming section. Sonic might be a little slower. Here is going to be the part where, you know, you're going to have a fixed camera because if we did it the other way, it would be fucked. <laughs> this is right. Helpful. Exactly. As opposed to committing to like, this is our vision and we will never change it. The exploration is really cool. It has. So, you know, normal games have watchtowers that you have to climb and look out. Um, this has normal just games. puzzles. Yeah. Normal games. Your Ubisoft games. This has there there will be a puzzle that will have a digital flag and it'll say, here is a puzzle, do the puzzle. And if you do the puzzle, it will unlock areas of your map so that you can see it. And then there's collectibles all over the place uh, that are Amy's memories, I think, and you have to get them to free Amy. But like going around and collecting everything, A, it's really fast because you're Sonic, so you can get there quickly, but also Every every watchtower essentially that you unlock unlocks a fast travel system. And that fast travel system, because you're Sonic, is a giant rail that just continues Ooh. to build itself. And there are little each section, like each section of the map that you unlock has like essentially a, an off point. So you can flip off of it if you want to get off in that area. That's and cool. at any point you can get off of it. If you want, if you're like zooming by and you're like, Oh, there's a puzzle there that I want to do jump off and go do it. Additionally, I got past tutorial Island and got into the main game, got my first chaos. Emerald. I'm like, sweet. And the map completely opens up to you. It does this big cutscene. Um, the pop in is the most horrendous thing that That's I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh my God. It's worse than like Arceus, like the grass texture. You can watch it draw itself. Was, like, I'm the, like the grind rails in the distance, like popping uh -huh. into the sky out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it, it's just obvious. They, they didn't even try. I'm just like, all right, all right whatever. I'll live with it. Yeah. But it gives you like this grand, like vision of the first Island. It's Kronos Island. You have to fight the Titans. That's the main bosses. And Kronos is the first one that you fight. And I, I kid you not, this is what I saw. I, I walked out from the chaos gate that I had just unlocked and I like looked out and 
there was like this field and it reminded me very much of Elden Ring where like you look out and there's just like so much shit out there. Oh, okay. Or like Breath of the Wild. Sure. You start the game and then you just see the, the giant field. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's same, same, same energy. But I, I say Elden Ring because in front of me, there's like this giant structure and it looks kind of neat. I'm like, oh, I bet I can go climb that. And then I start walking towards it. And then the the screen shifts to a cinematic and it's like Aurora or something. It's a boss. <laughs> and I'm like, right why is this right here? And it's gigantic. It's like 40 feet tall. Like you have to and you have to climb up it. You run up it and then beat up beat it up on the top of it and destroy it and that's how you unlock the next chaos gate but i'm just like it was it wasn't hard (laughs) but it was very jarring i was just like wow that's that's cool okay the chaos gate sections are good i encountered my first bad one and i'm gonna say it's bad because I don't know how I feel about the side scroller view. Um, so each each chaos gate has like two different perspectives. It has the behind Sonic view that we've come to know right. from 3D Sonic games, and then there's also the side scrolling lock, like the 2D generations. Kind yeah, of view. yeah. And I think the 2D one is too zoomed in. I can't mm. really see what's coming next, and I don't like that. The third person behind the behind the shoulder, those are great. Those are fantastic levels. Each one has four four trophies that you can get. You don't have to get them all at once. Um, so one is finish the level. One is get an S ranking. One is do it finish with so many rings, and one is do uh, get the secret star coins in the in the level. And you just replay it. They're all very short. Take about a minute, minute and a half to do. Uh, very fun, enjoyable. Music is great. Music is fantastic. I would say this. And this is where I'm scared because it's Sega. <laughs> I think Sega's going to see that, you know, critics are giving it, you know, mid 70s and they're going to be like, "Ah, this was a fun exper- experiment. Let's go back to turning Sonic into a werewolf." Yeah. And I'm going to be like, "No. Yes, that happened, Matt." That was oh Sonic Unleashed, God. Matt. Jesus. Sonic Unleashed. Um or let's make him into a medieval knight. That also <laughs> happened. Yep. this game has a lot of good things going on about it my friend asked me if the game needed like another four months in in the oven and i don't think it does i don't think in four months they would make a game that's better maybe they could have optimized it a little bit more but like i think this is a really good foundation for upcoming sonic games if they make a second one of these and iron out all the issues like those 2D ones being bad <laughs> and um you know the pop in and make it look a little bit nicer cuz I-, I will say the the landscape is sparse but you know when you're running really fast as sonic it doesn't feel sparse because there's not there's large distances between things but you cover it in a short amount of time i think if they were to continue iterating on this version of sonic they could have a high 80s maybe 90s game well mike it sounds like you want you want some some polished graphics you want uh, quality of life improvements it sounds like you want a director's cut uh, of yeah, sonic yeah, frontiers yeah. uh-huh yeah yeah definitely um 
No, I just want I want I want a Sonic Frontiers 2, honestly. Mm. Oh, and they do the coolest, coolest thing. And Matt, this is why I'm saying this is the most accessible Sonic game I've ever played. You're talking to a wall, Mike. I know, I know. <laughs> Every loading screen has a training room. And in the oh. training room, they teach you all of Sonic's movements and they have you do button combos to show you how to do all the specific movements like spin dashes, air spin dashes, uh, jumping off of enemies, jump wall climbing, wall running, etc. That weird thing where you make a circle on the ground now? Uh, yeah, that's that's fun. I made a deck. It, was, it rewarded <laughs> nice. me. Of course, of course. But yeah, like it, it teaches you how to play the game and teaches you everything in your arsenal in a way that is like if you think of like 2D or like like Street Fighter where you go into training mode and and you can pull up the combos and you put the combos on the screen and it says do this. That's what it does. And it doesn't let you go to the next one until you do it. And it's not exactly difficult, but it, it's nice to have that. And you can exit it at any point to go and continue playing. But like it taught me things I didn't know existed in the game. I didn't know that spin dashing existed in the game because I couldn't figure out how to do it. And then it taught me how to do it. I was like, oh, that's cool. I didn't know light light dashing was in the game because I figured it would be an upgrade later. No, it's just in the game. You just press uh, left stick in and you do it. And I'm like, oh, that's neat. Thank you for telling me that. So it's a wildly accessible game. The fact that it has... Last I checked, it had an 8.7 user score on Metacritic. <laughs> that's that's really high. <laughs> that's good. That's really good. And it's got a 91% on Steam. Like it, it is a good Sonic game. I'm not gonna say it's a great Sonic game, but it could be. I will watch some of it on Twitch. That's fair. That's, that's fair. That's actually that's that's a lot for coming from you. I'm intrigued by it. I mean, how could you not be? I think you should be. It's. It, I think Sonic is a is a a hole for you as a platformer lover. Yeah, that's true. It's the fighting's fun. The fighting is very Dark Souls kind of like very light version Dark Souls. When you fight the mini everything's bosses, a Dark Souls like, now. Yeah, like they're just Inspired like you by, can yeah. you can lock on to the target and dodge around, but like at no point did I feel like oh I'm just. I'm faster than them, so I'm just going to run away. They close and have like wide arcing attacks and all this other stuff. So like it's still engaging, even though I am this, you know, faster than the speed of sound little hedgehog. <laughs> but it it's fun. It's it's good. It's a good game. It's good, Matt. It's <laughs> I'm well I'm happy done. for you. I'm <laughs> I'm legitimately happy for you that it's not a total. And I've disaster. been recording parts of it for a possible video good oh. good because i figured out how to do that on my series x because i'm playing it on xbox oh Ooh, gee, I, nice. I thought you were playing on pc nope so here's my i just have like one question do you feel like the performance issues not performance but optimization i guess do you think it's because they they just like the switch version was the primary version that they were focused on and then they basically just took that version and ported it maybe i don't know I, like i said i was playing it and i was just like wow this is this just takes me back to arceus when, right. yeah. when rocks are spawning in front of me that's because that's the impression that i get is that they were like this game this is a switch game it's going to be on everything else but we're making it for the switch and then we'll think about everything else after that 
like they didn't yeah. they didn't make a different version or they didn't give it more memory like to use on the other consoles right. they're like it's going to be a direct yeah. port from the switch like they're all going to run exactly the same it, it does kind of feel like that it's weird seeing pop in when i'm playing on especially with what the game looks like yeah it doesn't look amazing i'm gonna say that <laughs> parts of it do though right like sonic like the models and things sometimes yeah yeah sonic yeah. looks great eggman looks great it rains in the game. There's a day-night cycle. There's a weather cycle, Matt. Mm. It was raining at the start. Okay. Um, the rain looks Eggman's really nice. Yeah, Eggman's in the game. Oh, I didn't. I mean, I assumed, I guess, but like, I just yeah. I, that wasn't like on the promotional stuff. That's exciting. he kicks it all off. Hell all right. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's good. I will say the voice actor for Sonic is weird. <laughs> I I don't know who it is. I haven't looked it up, and I'm not gonna say like they're bad or anything. It's just not the Sonic voice I'm used to. Um, he, it's deeper. Oh, he sounds older. He's matured. <laughs> he's matured. Yeah. He's not yeah. a little boy anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's Very good. nice. Very nice. I'm glad I'm, I'm legitimately, I'm obviously I wasn't rooting for, for, for you to get a shitty game that you were looking forward to, but <laughs> I am, I am happy that, you know, even if the critic reviews might not be amazing, although I haven't seen any critic reviews, uh, skill up talked a lot about the the pop and stuff but no one's like trashing it they're just like it's just a it's a it's a game it is what it is like it's not it's not a 90 yeah i i would agree it's not a 90 i don't think it's low 70s though i i think i think what it offers and the risk that they took in making it deserves more than that it's hard for me to go and and say that it's 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 hard for me to take points away from it for it not looking like super pretty because it's a Sonic game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That part doesn't matter. And the parts that don't look pretty are like the realistic parts of the game where like you're in a forest or you're in like a mountain pass and there's supposedly real grass. When you go into like the, the chaos levels that are all pulled from, you know, the traditional levels of Sonic, they look great. They look fantastic because they look like a sonic game <laughs> like i i i can't sit there and be like oh this place looks really low poly ew it's four out of ten like right, right. It, it, it he shouldn't exist in real life anyways yeah <laughs> A, a little update here on 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 the voice acting because i you got me thinking there mike it's ro- actually the voice actor is roger craig smith uh, who is a very uh, famous voice actor and also has been the main Sonic voice since 2010, since Sonic Colors. So this was actually... Interesting. Uh, so this was less maybe. of a different... Yeah, this is less of a different uh, voice uh, itself and more of like a different direction or a different like choice on the voice yeah, actor to do it, it differently, which is kind of interesting to think of it that way. I think it's because... I think it's because all I have in my head right now is Sonic's voice from the movies. Oh, yeah true. ben schwartz ben yeah. Schwartz, yeah i i would love ben schwartz to just be everyone all the time that works for me because i think the it sound like his voice in the movie sounds great and then i also have his voice from from the new series that is going to netflix yes and that sounds like sonic this i love sounds, that voice that voice is great mm-hmm. that voice is like perfect that's why i want my sonic to sound like this yeah. voice isn't bad it's just I don't know. I, it wasn't what I was expecting. He he opened his mouth and the the voice I expected didn't come out. I was just like, oh, that's different. Okay, you'll get used fine. to it. 
You'll get used to it. Yeah, no, it's not jarring. It's just it was something that I noted, and that was about it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll go next because I played one thing, and then then I'll kind of run into what Paul was playing. Yeah. I played New World this week. I played a lot of New World, a lot of New World, and let me tell you, being able to start on a fresh start server after the new update, it's completely changed everything for me like i'm really enjoying this game i now have the highest level character that i've had since i started playing this game i actually deleted my original character because i wanted this character's name (laughs) so i I did the exact same thing and i being on a fresh start first off playing it like the launch of an mmo which this is essentially is because it's a fresh start server is always a great experience it doesn't even matter what MMO you're playing, it could be a terrible game. It doesn't matter. It's always going to be a fun experience because everyone else is just new and having fun and happy and and exploring. And it's just, it's always a good time. But I've said for a long time, I said on this show before, and, and to you guys in Discord and stuff, before New World came out, like when we started this show, the game hadn't been out yet. And I was saying, this is going to be a good game. The bones are there. It's not there yet because the transition is so massive going from this hardcore survival PvP game to an MMO. But the transition is working. It's taking a long time. And even after all the delays, they needed more time, but they're getting there. They're finally getting there. And I was just talking to Paul and and our other buddy, Spencer, this week about how their transition created this really interesting meld of a game that wouldn't have happened if they just started as a theme park MMO from the very beginning. So they've got this like very organic, real feeling giant world that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And so that's part of what has made it so special, so special, but the leveling experience in general is just so much better. It is completely night and day. And I'm honestly kind of into the story. It's, it's actually pretty entertaining and and intriguing i like that the story is given to you via quest text with like a maximum of three small pages at a time so you're not overloaded you don't feel overwhelmed the entire thing is voice acted it's like and when i say small pages i mean like two to like six sentences on a page and so you're not overloaded with story so it's just these little small bites that they're giving you at a time so it's easy to to digest and but it's enough to actually make it somewhat deep. It's not the deepest story in the world obviously. It's not like a super complex narrative, but it's but it makes it uh interesting. No director's cut anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. Gathering and crafting as always ha- has been one of the greatest parts of this game. It's still good, it's fun, it's satisfying. Combat is solid. The hits feel pretty good and impactful, so much more than other action combat MMOs like ESO. The environments and the architecture in this game are great. I'm just having such a good time. I'm going to hand it over to you now, Paul, but I'm really enjoying this game. The only thing that I haven't done yet, and it's an MMO, I haven't done group content. I'm a little upset that they don't really force you into group content but that's it's not like it's unlike other M- modern MMOs, but I do wish that they f- at least encouraged group content earlier on. Um, I'm at a point now where I can do a group dungeon pretty soon here, and I have a quest for it, but I don't know. I, I wish there was like some open world. Like, like we needed two or three people to take out this boss or something like that, but I, I haven't gotten to that point yet. 
but Paul, what are your thoughts on New World? I know you've been playing it as well. Yeah, so I've definitely been playing it as well, and I was I was talking to Mike a little bit about it while you were uh, while you were secretly in the bathroom, but nobody knows on the podcast. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, you had a soda bottle under the desk. I did, yeah, but yeah. But no, honestly, yeah. I mean, I'm having a good time. It's definitely sticking more for me this time than it did the first time. Now, I will say, I did not give it a huge shot the first time. I probably got about three to four hours in, which is pretty low. Um, it was a combined, it just not quite grabbing me. I think I was busy at the time with some other stuff and I just didn't have like time to sit down and really play it. And also then I was also hearing like a, you know, a cavalcade of like stuff from you and Josh and things saying like, eh, it's not, it's not perfect. It's not quite there. And so on. I was kind of feeling those things too. Well, I couldn't play it. It was so unoptimal. Yeah. That's another thing that they fixed. Like yes. the game works fine for me now. It's still like, obviously it's, it's, it's not perfect, but it works. I, I have everything on high and I'm, Outside of towns, I'm 60 FPS consistent. In towns, I'm like between 40 and 60, normally on the higher end, but it does it does jump down at times. But that is completely different. Like I, I stopped playing at the beginning because I literally couldn't play the game. I feel like I'm having actually the same experience performance-wise, which is kind of like it's fine, but I was hoping for like this really optimized performance. I actually feel like I'm getting similar, which is medium to high, uh, like medium. I do pretty well, but honestly, I can put it on high and I don't really notice much of a difference. Maybe my frames go down to like in the 50s, but then like I still get frame drops. I get like stutters uh, on both, which I don't think I was really getting before as much. I think it might just be like an optimized like I have. To, I think people were talking about like I have, I have to update my NVIDIA drivers. There's been some changes. Could be. Um, and also just maybe like I might have like a weird setting on that just needs to be messed with. Something shadows with always turn shadows down. Well, I like shadows, well, but yeah, I know what you mean. They're You're a hog. Right. They are. They're a resource hog. So yeah, I mean, honestly, for me, the optimization hasn't been I was you kind of got me hyped for the optimization, really making it a little bit smoother because I do feel like it's just a little juddery for me. And that's not necessarily a knock to the game. It's just mostly like it, it might be a game that you want to have slightly better hardware for, which is weird for MMO, but it, it's true. It does play a bit better when you have some super like some strong hardware or some like at least solid, you know, serviceable hardware. Although Matt, you're saying you're getting high 60. So, you know, that's, 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 yeah. There. Well, I have it capped. I have it capped at 60 and I do when too. I'm, when I'm not in town, it, it doesn't, drop below that really like it That's might go awesome. down to 59 yeah. like for a second but not really i'm good and then i get these drops so again that's probably something on my computer i gotta figure out but uh good to know that that's working so much better for you because we have pretty similar uh rigs in terms of like uh, our power so yeah it's been uh yeah but it's been fun uh I'll, I'll be honest though and i said this to to mike in our in our break period here was just that I, it's not necessarily the MMO for me. The thing that is making it so wonderful, I think, and the thing that make, is making you fall in love with it and our other friend as well is how immersive it is. And that is just like the antithesis of what I want in, MMO, in an MMO. For me, an MMO is a second screen game. For me, an MMO is something you're talking about how amazing the sound design is, the sound of hitting the tree when you cut down the wood. It, it's, it's incredible. It does sound awesome. But I play with the sound off while I'm watching Frasier. So it's like, for me, that's a wasted, <laughs> that's a wasted to like, uh, you know, benefit. And that's, that's no knock to the game, of course. Um, but just like not necessarily angled for me. Like when I, what, you know, for me, I could like play, wow, there's like this smoothness to it. I'm jumping around. There's just things happening and it's, it's very open and kind of like with the tab target stuff, it's very kind of mindless in like the, the grind. Um, and this is a lot more engaging of a game. And again, that's super positive. 
um, but just not something I do to play an MMO. Honestly, as someone who just like got back into Xbox gaming, I really, really wish this had like a proper console port. Oh, it should be. It should be on console because with the action combat and just just in general, the entire vibe of the game, the way you like the it feels like an open world concept, like console game, just that happens to have MMO aspects. Like it feels like it could be a Dragon Age or something like that. And so it's weird to me that they're. I mean, not weird to me that it's not. I mean, just Amazon Games is like doing what they can here. There's all kinds of crazy stuff happening in this this burgeoning uh, developer. But yeah, that being said, uh, I would be playing the hell out of this if I could play it on my TV. Um, but yeah, as it stands, I just my gaming setup right now is TV or laptop while I'm watching TV and not really like sit at a desk. And I just unfortunately feel like this MMO is real sit at a desk with your headphones on kind of game. Yeah, it's interesting because MMOs usually aren't like that because like you're yeah. saying, they usually are about the grind. And yeah. I think when you get into like crafting and gathering, this is definitely like that and you can play it like that. And I wouldn't say it demands your attention, but it definitely asks for more of your attention than a normal MMO. Or the things that, or it's like, it doesn't need your attention in any way necessarily. Like you can, or, or you don't, right, you don't but need the benefits, to like, yeah. but the, but, but all of the things that make it so good and make it stand out are things that benefit from you right. really listening and really reading and really being involved in like the world around you and being immersed um, and again, it's just not what I do. If I'm going to play an immersive open world game, I'll probably play it on console. And so for me, it's just like this weird little, this weird little hiccup for me. Um, again, it's a me thing. But yeah, honestly, I have enjoyed it. Um, I will say I've had some, I, I've really enjoyed combat. It's been awesome. Um, I've been having so much fun with the rapier. Uh, I love that thing. I finally got it's my fun, armor yeah. class down to like a good thing where I can like, I can do like the roll. Uh, oh yeah. Back. So I'm ra- I've got the rapier. I'm rolling out of the way. I'm doing like these crazy. I'm like timing it so I can do the long stab at nice. the right time. And uh, it, it's it's really engaging. And there's so many different ways you can play with the weapons. And the and it's cool that the web the class system is basically you know attributes and then whatever weapon you choose to use. Honestly, it's been enjoyable and the leveling's been good and everything else. Um, it's another thing too. And I don't want to like belabor like negativity or points on this, but just like. It is a lot for me too. Um, I think it benefits like you, you, Matt, having that thing where you enjoy like these Ubisoft games where it's like always towers to like unlock or like expand the map or really um, like have things that encourage you to explore because when you go there, there's stuff to do. Right. And, and like the town is full of interesting little things. And I, I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm, I, I'm saying I like games where there's nothing to do. I don't know what the, <laughs> the middle. I don't know what's right there, but it just feels like there's a lot there. there it's stuff full of like vendors and interesting tr- like people who can do things. And there's there's features all over. There's player housing in an empty space. I feel like so it's, it's interesting because a, a big a big part of the complaint of New World throughout its history so far has been that there isn't enough to do. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like what what New World is, it's a lot of onboarding co- content, and mm-hmm. then the problem is that it's a lot of this. It's pretty much the same thing right. for your entire experience, which they are they're adding more. Obviously, they just added an entire massive fucking zone in, <laughs> in their last update. So there's there's more coming, and there's more now than there used to be. But you're right, like it is a they put a lot in your face to start with, and there's a lot to learn and, and to to figure out. But over time, I think you just get used to it. I don't know. Yeah. And, and again, I, I one of our, our friends was talking about how it's like there was because there was this idea that it almost started like a survival sandbox right, kind of yeah. thing. And it's like 
that to me is more appealing to this type of game for me. I like there's like this cool, we were just talking earlier about proximity chat. I really like proximity chat in stuff like survival um, sandbox kind of games, but like in an MMO, again, I, that's not how I play them. So I think a lot of my complaints really come down to just the way that I play an MMO, which is uh, just grinding in the background. Obviously, I could change how I'm playing it, but just bring me an Xbox version with crossplay, and I'm yours. Like I'll, I'll pay. I would pay a box fee again. I think even though I barely got my my money's worth out of the first time and 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 i'll keep playing it now uh because i am interested in doing some group content with uh with uh, you guys and, and trying it out and doing some more stuff and i i'm not having no fun it's it's still a fun grind um but it's interesting like listening to you like seeing you in discord or something talking about oh the sound design's so cool or here's the story for my zone and i'm just kind of like barreling through right and i'm like oh it's interesting that like i guess i'm having fun barreling through and you're having fun with like you know levels so i think it works either way um mike just um he, he isn't uh, his mic microphone isn't fully working right for this moment but he did uh, chime in to say it would be successful if it was on game pass which uh i think is a really good point i think this would be a killer i think uh it's too bad that it's amazon games and not like a smaller dev because this would be a good pickup or a good deal to make for microsoft with a console port that would be really interesting that would be a great introduction to consoles for them and yeah. I, I do think it needs to be on consoles at some point mm -hmm. it, it feels like it's made for it and I'll roll through super quick. I did play uh, just a, a, like one other main game, which is I played uh, Life is Strange True Colors. Finally, nice. I uh, got around to playing that. Uh, it's on Game Pass, and it's just been one of those things that's like it's on Game Pass. I've already got it. Why haven't I played this? I love Life is Strange, and uh, yeah, it was it was great. I really enjoyed it. As I thought it would, it, I thought it would feel a bit more like the original game compared to like. Uh, two or or something like that, where you know you're you're dealing with like the the brother protagonist. It's a it's a bit of a different vibe. Um, this you know you're still dealing with a young girl like finding herself, and there's like mystery. And I will say like the story wasn't like mind blowing, and uh, but it was it was such a good slice of life, like far beyond the original uh, Life is Strange. The the town that they put you in is just absolutely gorgeous. Like it looks like concept art for like a small town in a video game Whoa. like it, like it looks like like it looks like art um the way they've designed it they didn't try to realistic it up after they did the concept art kind of thing it's everything has this like sunset bathing look on it and everything looks like really like idyllic all the time even though it's not like maybe necessarily the art design they've always gone with and so it's it's really beautiful there's a lot of great um sensitive moments where you can just like sit on the dock and listen to like an indie song um, they really leveled up. They got Angus and Julius Stone who like did uh, Santa Monica dream and so many other great songs. And they, they were in the first game, like with that song, um, they actually did the soundtrack, um, which is cool. So all the incidental music is really, really beautiful and, uh, it's great. And I think the only failing for me is that it comes, um, it comes down to like kind of same as the original game, this like end, this last act that really kind of forces you into like, I don't know. It, it, there's just this, such a good slice of life, like up to like the middle of the fourth act where there's five or chapters or whatever, the middle of the fourth chapter, it's all slice of life. Everyone in the town's great. There's trauma, there's grief. Everyone's having their own interpersonal issues that are really interesting to deal with. And there is kind of like an underlying like Scooby gang. Like we got to try to solve some mystery that's like more important than our like little tiny stuff. But then it turns into like this massive, like, dark secret that like twists everything and it's like this person was evil all along and now <laughs> the whole game is like and now no matter what you did before it's all about like like this relationship between you and the evil person it's like i just was enjoying 
people having interpersonal issues. And like, I liked that there was an overarching like narrative a bit that was like kind of driving things, but it almost would have been good if they were like, eh, it turns out that wasn't really what was important. It was the friends we made along the way, but instead right. they went the opposite way and they went like, no, it turns out the final denouement of the game, the most important part is like this like dark secret. Hmm. And so I didn't love that. And I, and I think, um, the end of the first game kind of has the similar thing where I was really enjoying the interpersonal stuff a bit more than like the actual literal like world ending hurricane right, or yeah, something totally. like it's just not it's it's not what I'm playing for um, but I get like games still feel like they have to kind of have like a external threat of some kind that's like like gamified or feels more like a like a, a plot an action plot or something so I don't know but I, um, Rachel and I were really enjoying it she's actually started playing it again right after me um, to make some different nice. decisions because she's like one of those completionists so that after we do every time we play one of these choices matter games like until dawn or something she's always like immediately like i want to play it again right now and like get every do some do it totally differently and i'm like i can't play this again for a year like i need to like i need to chill but yeah it's it's cool also everyone's super wrong uh by the way um everyone seems to think that this character steph is like the perfect um love interest and i just don't get it and it's kind of ruined <laughs> my life my love of this game i went in really excited for this like lesbian romance with steph and this guy ryan is just the sweetest guy in the world and i and i think he is the the perfect love interest and i go to the subreddit and i go on on the internet and everyone is just like such fans of steph it's it's wild it's I, I it's one of the most confusing video game experiences i've had and i can only chalk it up to the fact that life is strange fans are primarily queer and are primarily women and so i think that queer women will like kind of lean towards this lesbian choice and i would too generally i'm pro i you know i was kind of interested in this this cool like lesbian romance but uh, that's why part of why i liked uh fuck what's that arcane so much i love that uh the the vi and kate ship but uh yeah it didn't do it for me it didn't do it for me so that's my unpopular opinion of the week is that i i fucking hate steph <laughs> you just came out swinging at the end oh yeah and i fucking hate steph. i do i do all right, well, since we've had some audio issues throughout this recording, this is part four of our audio recording because Zencaster, which we use, is messing up and disconnecting us, and I don't know what's going on. We managed to do it last week, but because we've had some audio issues and we've kind of been going a little bit long, we're skipping Tickle My Listicle. We'll save that for another edition of the show. So we're just going to end the show here, but we're going to go first. Of course, we can't leave without our shout-outs. So... Let's move on to a special shout out. Each panelist is going to give a special shout out to anyone or anything of their choice from the world of video games and provide a quick reason why this lucky someone is getting this attention. Mike, you're back. Your audio is working again. <gasps> I'm back. Give your shout out, please. Yeah. Um, usually I give a shout out that is to something Sonic related and it's not really serious, but today I'm going to give my shout out to Sega and it's a fully serious one because they made a Sonic game <laughs> that's legitimately good and it makes me happy and gives me hope for the world i thought the way you were going with that was was more that you were going to move away from the sonic portion of the shout out not the joke portion of the shout out yeah you thought wrong matt <laughs> sonic's not just a meme anymore he's a legitimately good AAA 2022 game follow your special shout out my special shout out is to uh my boy ryan lucan from life is strange true colors a dream boat if i ever saw one and uh truly one of the greatest uh love interests in uh choices matter games my special shout out is to kratos 
God of War Ragnarok released last week. Yes. Everyone's favorite Greek godfather. So he gets my shout out. <laughs> What, who are some other Greek godfather? I mean, I guess you got Zeus. Zeus He's you know? everyone's father. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Very true. That's a good point. But Kronos, not everyone's favorite. Zeus's father. <laughs> okay, we're stop. Please stop. Hermes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us here on the Game Groups Podcast, the all-encompassing weekly gaming Hades. podcast. From us. The Good Night Groups. If you really like the show, we encourage you to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash goodnightgroups, where we currently have two different tiers available. Any and all support is greatly appreciated and will go a long way in improving everything here at the Goodnight Groups. The $3 plus tier is going to get you access to this show two days early. A special whoa, shout whoa, out. Whoa, 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 Matt, 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 Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. $3? Nope. $3? I was actually just about to uh, pay $3 to get a book that was just filled with ancient Greek names so that I could shout more out on the end of the show here and interrupt you. But you're telling me for $3, instead I could just listen to you talk at me two days early? Yeah. I'm still buying the names. I want to know what kind of sleazeball is selling a book of Greek names for three bucks. Ancient, ancient Greek names for $3. A special shout out to Aries. our... Sorry, I bought the book while you were talking. A special shout out to our honorary group supporting us in the $5 plus tier. That's Andre, D, James, B, and Jeremy R. A round of applause for them, please. Zeus himself. Heracles. Heracles. Who is uh, Her- Hercules? Is in uh, is in Marvel. He's a Marvel character. He is. Heracles is yeah. We also ask that you take Shh, a couple dude. minutes to drop a five star review. That's his name. I'm gonna kick your ass. Spotify. Man. Everything helps. Make sure to check out goodnightgroups.com for all of our content. Where we'll find this podcast, Southern Fried Groups, game reviews and more and soon we'll be publishing a name of roman gods ancient roman gods to compete with this sleazeball free with our patreon yeah not really not really we have to <laughs> retract that statement on the website you're also going to find a link to the community discord where you can hang out with everyone get the quickest updates and chat with all of us on a daily basis that's the number one part of the value there it's free actually you can join the discord for free before we get out of here though guys uh any any last thoughts Okay, that'll do it for us here today. Paul was frozen on my screen. We're having so many technical issues tonight. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Take care, everyone.